preaching passage for this evening is Psalm 128. So you can open your Bibles there with me. Psalm 128. As we come to God's Word, let me pray once again for us. God, thank you again for our time together this evening. And thank you for your Word that teaches us, trains us, guides us, reveals you to us. Thank you that you speak to us through it. I pray for us now that as we spend time studying and hearing from your word, that you would open our eyes. We may see wonderful things in it. You would open our ears to hear you. You would open our hearts to you as well. That we might trust you more and faithfully follow you. Even today, even this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 128, a song of ascents. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within you house, and your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. This is God's word. You may be seated. If you were to think of somebody whose life is truly blessed, what would you picture in your mind? Would you picture a billionaire on a yacht, traveling from port to port all around the world, experiencing all the luxuries of the elite? Maybe you'd picture a star athlete with Thousands upon thousands of people chanting their name whenever they do something well on the court. Or maybe it's something more modest than that. Maybe it's someone who's an early retiree, maybe not as wildly wealthy as the yacht owner, but can retire at age 50 with a nice house on a quiet street and doesn't have to work anymore. Or maybe it's even more modest yet. Meaningful work, a loving spouse, happy children. Surely, that's not too much to ask for, is it? Psalm 128 is a psalm about the truly blessed life. That's how the psalm starts out. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. It's about a life that is blessed. Now, we often think of blessing someone when they sneeze. That's maybe how we actually use the word most often, isn't it? Or maybe we even use it to say that something happened good in our lives. I was so blessed when something good happened to me last week. But true blessing, the kind of blessed life that this psalm is speaking to, is something far deeper than either of those kind of things. That's why some translations even translate the word blessed as happy. It's 
not the kind of happiness, though, that comes in a moment and leaves just as quickly. It's not like the momentary happiness that comes at the end of a good meal or after a funny joke or a shopping trip. No, it's a certain kind of happiness that goes much, much deeper. It's a kind of happiness, it's a kind of blessing that is so deeply rooted that it sticks around in all circumstances. When things are good and when things go wrong. A happiness that doesn't require the best of external circumstances to exist, but rather resides at the very core of who someone is. To be blessed, in a sense, is to be truly happy. And so that's what this psalm, Psalm 128, speaks to. It's about the truly happy, the, the truly blessed life. And so sometimes we may think of even those modest, blessed lives, the one where we can retire early or where we have meaningful work, loving spouse, happy children, and we think, surely that's not too much to ask for, isn't it? And they're all wonderful things. But even these are only true blessings if they're received within a relationship with the Lord. And that's what this psalm points out. As this psalm reminds us, all true blessing flows from Zion, from the place where God dwells. What makes someone's life truly blessed? To be in the place of true, real, satisfying happiness? To be in that state of blessing? That's what the psalm's all about. Psalm 128 is closely linked with the psalm that came before in Psalm 127. We heard Pastor Josh Maurer preach on that psalm last week. And that psalm speaks to the way to live a meaningful life, to make it count, to live in a way that is not in vain. It brings out the themes that also come back in Psalm 128. It Psalm 127 brings out this theme of meaningful work. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. It also introduces the theme of family, children, our heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. It even brings up this theme of blessing. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with children. All of these themes are, are also, they also carry into Psalm 128. And where Psalm 127 speaks to a vanity of work and life apart from the Lord, Psalm 128 speaks to the goodness, the happiness, the blessedness of a life that is lived with the Lord. And it brings out the blessings that are to be had in this life with the Lord in two main areas of work and of family. But the first thing we see here in Psalm 128 is that this blessed life is available to anyone and everyone who fears the Lord. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. All true blessing comes through the fear of the Lord. To fear the Lord is to have a a reverent awe of Him. To recognize that he is the righteous judge and will not let the guilty go unpunished. And all of that to live in light of his commandments because that is who he is. Well, this isn't 
exactly it. I think it gets at the idea. I remember my first week of college classes, walking into the rooms and looking at the professors who were there and thinking, wow, they kind of hold my destiny in college in their hands. (laughs) They can give me whatever grade they want. This is a person with a PhD and here I am with barely a high school diploma. I had this reverent awe of these people and I had to work in light of who they were. I think that's a little bit like our fear of the Lord. But of course, how much greater is the Lord? He's not a professor but a righteous judge. Not a teacher but the creator. To fear the Lord means to have this reverent awe of him and live in light of who he is. That's why the psalm pairs the fear of the Lord and the one who walks in his ways. They're paired together. They they can't be separated. To fear the Lord is to walk in his ways. To walk in his ways is to fear the Lord. Or as Psalm 1 puts it, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. We look at who the Lord is, and we live in light of that. And Psalm 128 brings out in the very first line that there's a blessing that comes from knowing and recognizing who God is, And living in light of that, following his word, following his commands. It's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is is not like a, a child's fear that there are monsters under the bed. It's rather an understanding of who God is, a desire to live in light of his commands, even in the various parts of our lives, family, work. And there's a true blessing in that kind of life. That's what the psalm says. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. And this blessing is available to everyone who fears the Lord. It's not just the lucky few Christians who get the blessing. It's everyone. Everyone who fears the Lord is living this blessed life. And so at the outset of this psalm, we have to ask ourselves, do you fear the Lord? Do you live? with a reverent awe of who he is, the creator, the sustainer, and the righteous judge. And do you live in light of that? Do you desire to follow his commandments and walk in his ways? This is the God who we worship. It reminded me of 1 John chapter 2, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word. In him, truly, the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. To fear the Lord is to walk in his ways. And to do this is to invite the Lord's blessing on your life. Not a restriction but a blessing. And while this blessing pervades every single area of life, there are two that the psalmist focuses on that come from this fear of the Lord. Two specific areas of blessing in Psalm 128, work 
and family. The first area is work, and it comes out in verse 2. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. There's a blessing of fruitful, meaningful work to those who fear the Lord. But we have to be careful here, because if we're not careful, we might think in a kind of mechanical way that I'm promised the material prosperity of my work. And there are two dangers to avoid here, two, two extremes. The first is idolizing material prosperity, and the other is a laziness that expects to do no work because I'm blessed. The Lord doesn't promise to fulfill our ungodly dreams and expectations. A worldly concept of fruitful work might include a constantly growing paycheck, regular promotions at work, more, more, more reward for what I do. Or on the other hand, there might be a different kind of expectation. It might be to have to not work all. That would be true blessing, wouldn't it? Hitting the billion-dollar Powerball jackpot. But neither of these extremes fit in the fear of the Lord, do they? Jesus taught us to pray, asking God to provide our daily bread. It's from him. On the other hand, Paul taught in 2 Thessalonians, if someone isn't willing to work, he shouldn't eat. Our hard work matters. Perhaps a good example is looking at the manna in the wilderness. Whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. There's a blessing of fruitful labor that's not found in either extreme but in working hard, yet trusting the Lord, following his commands, even if the bank account isn't growing like you expected, even if your hands, calluses, grow because you're working hard, hard, hard. If you're trusting the Lord in your work, you will experience his blessing. I remember a period in my life where I experienced this personally. I was in between ministry assignments before I came on the pastoral staff here at College Church. I was working part-time here at the church, part-time in another job, lots of hours, lots of hard work, new experiences, learning a ton. And in many ways, my bank account was not growing larger, but I can tell you for sure that I experienced the blessing of the Lord in that season. The work was fulfilling the relationships were rewarding, and I experienced what it means to know the joy of the Lord in my work. I wonder if you've experienced a similar period in your life where maybe it wasn't what you expected as far as a worldly promise of growing wealth, or maybe it was harder work than you expected it to be, but you experienced the joy of what it meant to know the Lord and work for Him. Working in the fear of the Lord means working honestly and with integrity, even if it costs you. It means working hard and working diligently, even if you feel like you can barely get through. It means giving credit where credit is due and not soaking it up for yourself. It means trusting the Lord for your basic provision. Yes, work hard, but yes, trust that the Lord will provide. Sometimes you don't know the depths of the Lord's provision until you experience the depths themselves. 
And there is indeed a blessing in the work of the one who fears the Lord. So there's a blessing in work, but there's also a blessing in the family of the one who fears the Lord. Psalm 128 says, verse 3, Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. There's a blessing in the family of the one who fears the Lord. And I know that as we look at this glowing picture of family, I recognize this is a hard verse to swallow for many. Pastor Josh spoke to this last week as well. Unmet desires for marriage or children are often painful. Unfulfilled desire for marriage or infertility, miscarriage, unsuccessful adoption, losing a child, all of these things are experiences that faithful Christians experience. Know that it doesn't mean you haven't feared the Lord enough. Or that your faith is too weak. Remember Job. He was righteous, yet he suffered. Know that the Lord sees you. He knows you. He is working for your good. And know that in the family of church, this church's families and homes are open to you. (laughs) For all of us in this church, let us, every one of us, open our doors our living rooms, our kitchens, our dining room tables, even our families to one another. I experienced this personally as well over a decade ago here at this church when a family invited me and some friends who I was college roommates with to lunch. And it was a wonderful time of fellowship for those of us who were living in a dorm (laughs) And didn't know tons of people at the church. But we experienced fellowship around the table in the life of a family. What a wonderful thing that was. And in fact, it still sticks out to me today. These verses do show that there is a blessing in family. The blessing of the one who fears the Lord is described in family relationships. There's a man's wife who's pictured as a vine that's flourishing. It's growing. It's not stagnant or fading away. It is growing more and more and more. Bearing fruits in her own work within or even outside the home. Providing companionship and counsel to her husband. Not just getting by, but clearly enjoying and flourishing and the life in which she is rooted. It's like a plant that keeps on growing so much, you have to move it into bigger and bigger pots because it just can't stop growing. You also have children described as olive shoots. Psalm 127, of course, teaches that children are a heritage and a reward. Psalm 128 agrees. They're not like thorn bushes but growing trees. Not burdens, but blessings. This theme even comes back in verse 6. May you see your children's children. And of course, as any grandparent will tell you, grandchildren are a wonderful blessing indeed. 
This is the, pi- the picture of the family life of one who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. It's a blessing from the Lord. But just as we needed to be careful to avoid the extremes when we thought about work, the same goes for family as well. We shouldn't idolize the family, nor should we demean it. Both are extremes we need to avoid. We, we shouldn't idolize the picture-perfect family with 2.4 perfectly dressed, well-behaved children who show up right on time to church with smiles on their faces. We shouldn't idolize that. As good as the family is, it's the Lord we must fear. His ways in which we must walk. But on the other hand, we shouldn't demean the family. Children are the heritage from the Lord. They are a reward. They're not brambles, but blessings. Marriage is a good thing, and we as a church need to be doing all we can to encourage the marriages and families of our congregation to stay faithful to the Lord. And we commit to do this every time a a baby is baptized or dedicated in the front during a service, that we as a congregation commit to do this very thing, to do all we can to help raise up these young children to know and love the Lord. We need to do this in our church. What would it look like for you to encourage the marriages and families and your spheres of influence toward the Lord, toward a fear of the Lord, and also towards His blessing? Because to the one who fears the Lord, there's a blessing in family life. And the psalmist repeats for us again a reminder of the blessing from the fear of the Lord. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Look at him. Look at that blessing. Look how amazing it is. Look at the blessing in that person's life who fears the Lord. Fruitful work, fruitful family, a blessed life. Look at it. It's amazing. And just as the psalm opens by saying that this blessing is open to everyone who fears the Lord, it closes in verses 5 and 6 with a prayer that this blessing would come about. That this blessing would come from a place and for a people. It comes from a place, this blessing does. In verse 5, the Lord bless you from Zion. From the place where God's people come to worship God, where his presence dwells. The blessing of God comes on the people of God even as they worship God. All true blessing comes from God, even his rich mercy. It's a gift from him. We can't forget that. It comes from a place, but it's also for a people. Peace be upon Israel. Israel, God's chosen people, the ones who would have been singing this song on their journey to Jerusalem. And of course, for those of us who are this side of the cross, we can sing this song too as we journey to God. Because we recognize that the blessing for the people of God is not limited to the nation of Israel, but is for the church, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we remember the God who blesses 
from his place to his people, even to all who would call upon his name. Would you call upon the name of the Lord tonight and plead that he would bring a blessing on your life, that he would give you faithfulness in your family, faithfulness in your work, and through that even fruitfulness as well, that you would know the happiness that it is to work and to have a family even in the Lord. We remember this God who blesses. He's the God who said to Abram, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He blessed a person and he's promised to make a nation out of him. And to that nation he said in Deuteronomy 28, Blessed shall you be in the city and in the field and the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your ground. This blessing carried forward from the person to the nation, to the people. And of course we're reminded in Ephesians 1 that in Jesus Christ, through his death, through his resurrection, through his ascension, through his work on our behalf, that all who have faith in Him, that there is every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places through Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ, you have the blessing of God. Your work, in His strength. Your family, Jesus calls you His brother, His sister. You have a heavenly Father, the family of the church. And this blessing is both now and into eternity. Friends, Jesus Christ, through him, we have all the blessings we could ever desire. Spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Behold, look. Look how blessed The man is who fears the Lord. What a blessing it is. Will you believe it? Will you take hold of it? I pray that you will. Lord, we do pray that you would give us a fear of the Lord that leads to obedience and even to your blessing. We pray that you would give us faithfulness and fruitfulness in our work, in our family, and even in this church. We pray that you would guide us, that you would lead us, and you would give us great joy in doing so, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.